relationships are a continuous learning process. So not just in monogamy, but not monogamy, friendships, whatever. Every relationship is a continuous learning process because no one stays the same. We all grow and change. And Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 135. We're Emma, and today we have an interview with Jen. She was on the show last week on episode 133 with the panel discussion. However, this week we get a chance to dive deeper into her story. Yeah, it's it's an awesome story, and she's really been exploring non-monogamy, I mean, since the very early days. Yeah. Elementary school, even. <laughs> a long time. <laughs> and it's really cool. She grew up in the Caribbean and Jamaica, so it's a little bit of a different cultural spin on this that we've heard before. So it's it's a great conversation, and she's a lot of fun. Yeah, and she's also one half of the Monogamish Pod, which is a podcast, and they talk specifically about their experiences in non-monogamy. So you're going to want to check that out. Links to everything she mentions in this episode are all in our show notes. A couple of community announcements. We've got a couple of things coming up that are pretty exciting. Uh, you've probably heard us mention our speed, our virtual speed meet and greets, and we're not going to talk too much about it here, but we're just going to say if you're looking to find that, the next one is coming up on July 23rd, and all of the information will be in the show notes where you can sign up. But we had a video, not a video, an audio testimonial from one of the people who were there. So we thought we'd play that for you guys. I was really excited to see that Emma and Finn created a virtual meet and greet, and I loved being able to join in on a recent one. I live in a small town, and I don't have a lot of opportunity to meet other like-minded non-monogamous people, and this was a really great way to meet some cool people from the comfort of my own home. I was a bit nervous that I wouldn't have too much to contribute, as I'm not currently practicing non-monogamy, and I don't have a lot of experience, but the questions were fun and light and not centered around non-monogamy. It was a great way to begin to build some friendships, and I look forward to being able to attend upcoming virtual meet and greet. So you should definitely sign up and come along to the next one. So thank you for sending that in. We really, really appreciate it. And it's great to hear that everything we were hoping these uh, accomplished, they did for you. So thank you. And we'll see you at the next one. And we'll see you, listener, at the next one as well. Your voice got a little funky yeah, I know. there. You. <laughs> Our next uh, the other announcement is for our Patreon group. Our next women's call group call is July 21st and our next Q&A video Q&A is July 29th. So both of those are coming up. And if you're interested in learning more about joining our community, that would be amazing. We love having new people join. You can go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and click on the Patreon button. Under the community tab. Yes. Community, then Patreon. You'll find it. It's pretty easy. <laughs> and the community actually has been growing quite a bit the last few months. So it's, I mean, it's it's an amazing group of people. So we'd love to have you uh, join us. Finally, one quick word from our very lovely sponsor. Alt, Alt Playground. Alt Playground, which is an online dating community for non-monogamous and open-minded people uh, of all varieties. So it's it's one of the most diverse, if not the most diverse 
community for meeting other non-monogamous people on the internet right now. And we're excited to be helping promote them along with, honestly, Jen. Jen is a spo- uh, one of their sponsors as well, or she's sponsored by them. Yes. That's Over a dozen, a dozen other podcasters are being sponsored by them. And, you know, they were originally on the East Coast. However, they're working on pushing throughout the U.S. And so we have seen lots and lots of new people joining throughout the U.S. over the last month since their rollout um, of this push on June 1st. So that's really exciting. Yeah, we're living on the West Coast now, as people know, and we've actually started to see people signing up out there. So it's the the national push that they started uh, back in June has really, really worked, and it's super exciting to see. And again, we're excited to be a part of it. And they actually told us that this is the largest growth that they've seen since they started the site uh, over a decade ago. So you're going to want to go check it out. Yep. Go to altplayground.net or to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. And you'll find links under the resources page or on the homepage to hook you up. Yeah. So let's go now talk to Jen. Also, one quick confession that's going to happen in this episode at the oh, end. Oh, yeah. I... I don't know. I might turn some listeners off. <laughs> yeah. Finn has a confession of something he doesn't some like. Some people might not like what I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun discussion. So, yeah, let's go talk to Jen. We'll just we'll go with the flow. We're loosey-goosey. We're just, we're just rolling with it. That sounds wonderful. We're all fluid yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. We'll be fluid I mean, bonded by the end of it. What? Ooh, naughty. <laughs> naughty. I mean, I mean, it has been a couple of hours. I feel like we're at that level already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's a good segue to y- welcoming Jen back. If you listen to the State of the Union podcast from July 6th, you'll recognize her voice and hopefully some of her jokes. Um and welcome, Jen. We're excited to have you back. And yeah. Talking. Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. Yeah. That, I break into song at odd times. I'm sorry for all of you who hate singing. I am a great singer no matter what anyone says, including American Idol. Not that I auditioned <laughs> or anything. I just went. <laughs> but uh, I'm Jen. I'm one half of the Monogamish Pod. Um, we call it Monogamish Pod. There's another podcast called Monogamish. They're not as cool as us, though. Our, our logo is pink. Like, they can't beat that. Um, I am, um, yeah, originally from Kingston, Jamaica. That's where I was born and raised. Moved to the U.S. about 10 years ago. And I live in Florida, which is that state that everyone wants to cut off of the map. I get it. I get it. I live here, so I understand what you mean. I've been polyamorous officially for, like, I say between six and eight years. It's a time. But, uh, you know, non-monogamous leanings my entire life, despite failed attempts at monogamy. You know how that goes. We all go through that. And, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Back again with Emma and Finn. Pew, pew. (laughs) That was an amazing introduction. Yeah. And thank you for doing that. Um, And for pewing us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So do you mind taking us back? Eight-ish years ago to, or maybe beyond that, like, when did you start exploring it and how and, like, how did this come about for you? Non-monogamy in general. Non-monogamy, yeah, Yeah. not podcasting. I mean, well, yeah, I haven't been podcasting that long. That would be exciting, though. (laughs) I'd be, like, on the front lines. But, no. um, So, back in, you know, November of 1989, my mother had a baby. It was me shocker um but to be fair i have known that i was like, i'm pansexual like i'll just throw it out there so i knew i liked both 
boys and girls from I was like seven or eight. Like that, that's like the age I figured that out. And around that same time period, you know, I was was like in like grade three, four, I don't know. Uh, So my then best friend, we both liked the same boy. And so instead of fighting about it, as good girls do, we decided to just share him. So we just alternated days of the week that he was our boyfriend. So like he was my boyfriend, like say Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and her boyfriend, like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays. And like Sundays he got to be with his parents, I guess that's fine. But you know, that's how that worked. So I think looking back now, I'm like, this should have been assigned to you. Baby Jen knew something. Advanced for like grade three and four. I mean, we got into arguments, of course, because it was like, well, you know, because she lived closer to him than I did. So I was pretty jealous. I I experienced jealousy back then. I was like, but I want to play with him this Saturday. It's not fair that you get to play with him all the Saturdays that you want. A lot of arguments. You know, we got into a huge fight because of you know, me wanting to rework the relationship. But later on, we decided that it's okay. We're not really going to date now. Like when we get older, like when we turn 30, if we're like still single, we should get married. I was like, this is a great idea. So my then best friend is a lesbian. So really I'm the front runner for the situation, but I'm 31 and we're still not married. So it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) And so beyond, beyond, let's say beyond the elementary school years, when you started thinking about this more as a real, not that it wasn't real, but as a real possibility for, for a relationship model, how, how did that start to come about? Um, I am like, I'm pretty and everything, but like, I'm also the kind of person that attracts women. Like, it's this is like not being like tooting my own horn or anything like this is like a proven fact from like my late high school years whatever when I was you know being naughty out in the world um, but there was a girl I was really into and she had a boyfriend and it was kind of like I'm like what I got to do with me what I got to do with us like how does that what is, I don't understand why you're telling me things that don't matter to me he's like yeah but like he's my boyfriend I was like and you're my girlfriend so what like uh, like you're saying these words but i'm not getting the issue so i navigated relationships that way um i was in a couple of you know like triad trial situations you know to make that work and then there's the one where it was kind of like yeah i don't really like your man i just like you so you he has to get used to this because i'm gonna be here i know horrible things to say to someone but again i was like 18 i think you're allowed to be shitty at 18 that's just how that works. Um, so I did you're, that. You're allowed to learn and make mistakes for yeah. sure. <laughs> so that's what I was doing. And that's how I kind of figured out the thing. But there's still, of course, in the back of my mind that I need monogamy. But I know that I'm like bisexual. So like at the time I was bi because pansexual wasn't really a thing yet. It was like, well, I'm bisexual. I want like a husband and a wife. How do I make that happen? How do I find someone to give me the things that I want? And um, so attempted monogamy. Ugh, did not go well. No one, well, I did not cheat. Let's specify. I did not cheat. I was just dating a cheater. So that was different. And I was never even mad about it because I knew that's who he was. I was only mad when people would like come to me and be like, oh, you know, like he was cheating on you. I was like, I know. Like she called him when he was at my house and he lied and told her that he was somewhere else. But like, I, I knew what's going on that when we broke up was just because he had got, she posted on Facebook, like me and my baby, like on a romantic getaway, they're on like a work trip. And she posted these rom- photos on Facebook. I was like, now you got me at her looking stupid, dude. Like this is different. So <laughs> that's kind of how that went until 
my last long-term relationship. And I say long-term because it was like, it was a long time ago, but also, yeah, uh, we tried monogamy. And then I started picking fights because I was fed up. I was like, he's like, what's going on with you? I was like, I miss pussy. I'm sorry. I just need some vagina in my life. And he was like, okay, let's make this work. I, I knew that you were by when we started dating. How can we get you what you want? And I was like, really? Yes. And so we navigated a sort of like open relationship thing. He was very jealous about like intimacy stuff, but so kind of like going that way where I was allowed to sleep with other women was like really great, but I only fucked my friends. So there was already intimacy in a different way there. Sorry. Yeah. I only fucked my friends. That, that is, that is my thing. And so that just kind of like led to, that's when I started considering like polyamory as an actual thing. Like this is working great for me. How, how do I make that happen? That relationship ended unrelated to, you know, my extracurricular activities, but yeah, that's kind of like how I got to this point of where I am now. Right. I say back then, did you, did you know, did you have the terminology and of polyamory? Did you know that term and, and how, I guess that dynamic, what that looked like? Um, I watched big love, so I knew I didn't want that. <laughs> I'm in particular, um, but no, I think I knew, I knew I was considered it more of like an open relationship thing. Cause polyamory wasn't really a word that was banded around much, even on television. Um, it was more about like swinging and open relationships and things. And the word polyamory never really popped up on my purview. I mean, I'm not an only child, but I'm like the eldest. So I watch a lot of TV cause you know, kids are annoying when you're a kid. So <laughs> those are the things that I was exposed to just as words. So like bisexual didn't even come to me until, you know, I started watching uh, Queer as Folk with my mom, which is a whole separate story. But <laughs> yeah, because I said I'm 31 and Crystal came out in what, 2000? So I was pretty young, pretty young yeah. watching yeah. Those, uh, <laughs> those boys banging out on TV. Uh, hashtag Brian <laughs> and Justin forever. <laughs> so, so back, even when you said when you were 17, 18, you were sort of the, I don't want to say the third in a lot of relationships, but you were messing around or fooling around with the women of typically other couples. And it was sort of just like, I'm here. We're obviously connecting your, your boyfriend needs to be okay with this because like, there's clearly something here. And that just was sort of the MO for, for those, for that time. Yeah, it was. I mean, like I said, we, some of them, I said, we tried the triad thing, but you know, some people are just not that great. (laughs) <laughs> sorry like and I, I, I do this thing where like i judge you like when i get to know your partner like if i don't like them a lot i'm like there must be something wrong with you too because if you like this then something's off here right right no and well and then you said even when you were in a monogamous relationship your first one that you tried it sounds like it like you said it wasn't the cheating that bothered you it was the don't make me look stupid in front of everybody else. Like don't post it on Facebook. Don't, don't embarrass yeah. me. Like you can go and fuck whoever you want. Just don't make me look like an idiot for it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, she can't be posting that she's your damn girlfriend on Facebook. Everyone knows that I am your girlfriend. That's how this works. <laughs> like they think they already think that I'm quote unquote stupid because they see, they've seen you about town doing whatever you got to do. Right. But it's one thing for someone to like see it with their eyes, but not really have any evidence. When that girl got crazy and posted that on Facebook, I was like, oh, no, baby, we I cannot do this anymore. I'm OK with you doing whatever you want, but it's not going to be with me. She's not your new girlfriend. Congratulations. Right. right. Well, and I was I was also curious. 
culturally, like being like growing up in Jamaica, how is non-monogamy either perceived or like, is it culturally a thing there? Like, how does it work in, in that culture? I mean, we're, we're a Christian society. So, you know, we don't believe in sex before marriage. We don't believe anything like that. I, I mean, all of our schools are also religious. So we go to devotion every day from, you know, kindergarten all the way up to college. Um, but I will say that non-monogamy is normalized to the extent of cheating. So men are allowed to have as many women as they want. We call them galluses. Like you have as many, many women as you want, right? And a gal is a, a woman, just so you know. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. You're allowed to have as many women as you want. This is totally fine. And your woman has to be at home pining for you and waiting for you. And I'm sorry, like, I don't believe in that. Like, if you are going to be out here doing whatever you want and people do this whole farce where they're like, oh my God, I can't believe he's cheating. This is so upsetting. Oh goodness. And you know, then they take them back anyway. I'm like, you, you've sanctioned this. You do know that this is allowed. You can just use these words and the words will be okay. Words mean things. So don't say he's cheating on you. If you already know he's sleeping with somebody else, it means that you allowed this to happen. This is not a secret. So I think that's how non-monogamy is viewed. But once you start saying the words like consensual and ethical, people are like, whoa, 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 what, what are you talking about? That's crazy talk here. You can't, you can't say that. What do you mean consensual? No, no. The only non-monogamy we allow is cheating. That's it. Right. So it's sort of like an unspoken, like everybody knows it's happening, but it's never spoken about. It's not really happening. It's sort of like a, a ghost yeah yeah there we don't use the the non-monogamous terminology for this like no one says open relationships or swinger or whatever it's just like oh well you know you know you know what that person is like like those little jokes like that like oh you know what they're like and it's just like yeah but words mean things. we call things what they are you're either in an open relationship or you're not you're swingers or you're not you're the words words exist for a reason use them accordingly that's how i've always felt about it but yeah, it's just very hush-hush, unspoken things. Right. Yeah. Well, and and then once you once you started putting the label to it, right? You you said uh, you kind of had the boyfriend where you told him you needed s- some women time, and he was like, "Well, okay, well, let's make this work." That sounds like a pretty nuanced view from somebody. I assume you yeah. were you still in Jamaica at that time? Yeah, that's when we were still in Jamaica. I mean, I we had done long distance for a bit. I lived in New York for a short time and came back for some family stuff to Jamaica. And so we were together that entire time period. But yeah, I mean, I lived in Jamaica for a year before I moved to Florida again. So it's like we we had those conversations. And like I said, so I'm going to like give you some tea. It's like tea that people don't really know, but also know. Um so the girl that, well, one of the girls that I dated for a time, he was her boyfriend at the time. So he was the one that I had no interest in and didn't want to date <laughs> at that time. And so, you know, when she and I broke up, but well, he and her broke up first and then she and I broke up and things were very, very different. And um, so he always knew about this part of me from the very beginning, from firsthand experience of thinking that I would steal his girlfriend from him permanently. Let's put it that way. Um, so this is not a shock. Some, yeah. He had some secret insider information. Yeah. It's not a shock or a surprise. Um, I think you're probably surprised that I waited this long to mention it because this was like a good couple of years into our relationship before I said anything. I just, I was like, I was feeling the itch. I was like, I just, I like how you put it. I needed some lady time. I was like, that sounds, that sounds nicer. 
That's that was less crass. I'm going to use that. I need some special lady time. <laughs> I, I I specialize in making inappropriate things appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Sure. We'll put that on your resume. Make sure people yeah. know that about you. It's actually my uh, yeah my official title. <laughs> Ooh, love it! I'm love learning it. new things too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when when you started down that path, you said it kind of didn't work out, but then you sort of had the new model, right? You had a new set of yeah skills, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I had a new set of I yeah. I mean, because of course I had done more research at the time, you know. The internet was accessible, but not very accessible for a period of time. So now everything's actually on the internet. So in this time period, I was able to like do more research and figure out what exactly is it that I want? And like really do a lot of introspection for myself also, because it's like, do I want necessarily a male primary partner and then having, you know, female secondary partners? So it's because of course, this is also before realizing that gender is a construct and that, you know, there's a lot of range in that also which is also how I figured out pansexual because that all those things take time. You know, I think like every step of this process has been like a learning curve, like just like an evolution of sorts. So I had the framework for kind of what I wanted. And I was like, well, let's really think about this. How do we make this happen for us? And then I stayed mostly single for a long, long time. So uh, I just, I did a lot of work on myself internally and I didn't even really start dating until fairly recently. So like I was in situationships to like in, some form of relationship, but nothing like very, very serious while I really took the time to figure out what exactly am I doing? Where am I going? Who am I going to be? How am I going to show up in these partnerships I'm looking to have? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, just long, long, hard work. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I I think, I think back on those dark, dark days. I'm sorry for them. I was like, I, I, I went through a whole phase which I think everyone goes through that maybe at multiple times in their life. But yeah, I went through like a serious whole phase. I was doing all the things and really, really just trying out as many things as I could to figure out how I wanted to proceed for the future. Cause I do want partnership and I do want a family of sorts, but how does that align with me being solo poly, which is what I identify as right now. It's like, uh, I really want to nest with someone. And I've decided that, eh, I mean, can I have a separate wing? If we live in the same house, can I have a separate wing? That would be nice. Like, we all have our own wings or, like, rooms or whatever. Or we have, like, a duplex where I live on one side, live on the other side. Just, yep. yeah, things like that. I'm okay with merging some finances, but not all. So it's it's a process trying to figure out, even now, I guess, especially with COVID, how we're going to move forward. Yeah. And maybe that's a good segue to uh, ask you to discuss a little bit about what your relationship structure looks like right now at the moment. You said you identify as solo poly. Yeah. And how does that look (laughs) for you at the moment? At the moment, um, like I said, I'm dating, like officially dating uh, three women uh, because it just just worked out that way. Like, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Officially dating three women. Um, they live in different places, like I said, so it's all long distance, so to speak. So it's a lot easier to be solo in that way. So right now it's just kind of feel those situations out and kind of see for me, do, do these relationships actually serve me going forward? Is, can I see there being a physical connection between us anytime soon? Because we talk about long distance and say, there has to be a plan for the distance to end, right? There has to be some sort of plan in which we will be able to close this distance if not permanently, but like at regular intervals. So trying to figure out that in a pandemic, heavy. 
Yeah. Um, are, so are, I, these, are, are these relationships fairly new? Yeah, they're all they're all new from around the same time because I'm an overachiever. Why not just start dating three people at once in the same time span? Why not? And don't then ask have me what COVID the date, And then don't ask me what the dates are. Don't ask me any of that stuff because there I have no answers for that. Until I ask someone to be my girlfriend, there is no date that matters yet. That's what, that's how I'm putting it. Well, we but won't, yeah, we won't ask you that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like trying to navigate what. I mean, obviously I'm solo, solo right now. And like, um, you know, Ruby Wee Johnson, who we had on on the panel, it's like, we are living in this space where we are alone. And so we need to figure out how we can see our relationships moving forward in that way. So right now, solo poly is really just a lot of long distance stuff. I mean, but also I don't really want to date anyone in Florida because I'm trying to move from here. So it's like, why would I have a relationship down here and then move anyway? So I don't know. There, there's a lot of, a lot of moving parts to this. I mean, there's some aspects of many different kinds of polyamorous relationships as we go through the list, like, oh, hierarchical doesn't work for me. Kitchen table, eh, not right now, maybe in the future, maybe not. You know, relationship anarchy, it's like, oh, can you be solo relationship anarchy? There's so many, there's so many words, so many words. And I'm still trying to figure out what all the definitions mean and how they apply to my life. The one that fits right now is just solo. Solo, right. living my life, doing my thing independently or something. Yeah. That's perfect. Well, I'm, I'm interested on the, you made the point about since we're in a long distance relationship, it really only makes sense if there's a, a time at which it stops being long distance or that we can eliminate the distance at somewhat regular intervals. And I was just curious if you could talk a little more about that, because I, I imagine there are some people who say like, I have long distance partners and they'll always be long distance and I'm okay with that. And we may never see each other, but we're like, that's fulfilling for us. But it sounds like for you, there needs to be the physical intimacy that can't necessarily be fulfilled on Skype or Zoom or. Oh yeah. I, I, I like physical touch is not at the top of my love language list. It's actually like not even, it's not even like in the top two, but it is an important part of my relationships in general in terms of how I am affectionate with people so I if I really like you as a friend as a family or whatever like there will be these little touches that we will share so it might not even just be sex stuff that we're really thinking about but there is a lot of physical touching I enjoy having in relationships so I can go long periods of time without touching you so it's not as if we have to each other once a month that's not like what I look for but there has to be a certain point in time where I can say, okay, I'm kind of running low on some, some, I'm feeling a little touch start from you right now. How do we fix this? So if it's that we plan in advance, okay, every three to four months or every three to six months, we, someone comes here, someone comes there, we go to a whole spot we've never been before and just kind of reinforce my little, you know, a little, I don't like to cuddle, but I don't call it cuddling. I call it affection seeking. So (laughs) (laughs) affection seeking. Because, I mean, it's like, so I just, sometimes I just need to, like, hold your hand or, like, you know, give you a little kiss on the cheek or, like, you know, smell your neck or something, which sounds creepy, like, saying it out loud like that. But, you know, you guys know what I mean? You know what yeah, I mean? It's, it's intimacy. And- yeah. And that, that, that helps me to maintain relationships. It's not, like, the beginning or the end of it, but it helps with the maintaining and me continuing to feel connected because I can talk all day. You can tell, right? My gums haven't stopped flapping, but I just, there's something, something I need just a little bit more sometimes. Yeah. So throughout, you said you kind of went through, um, this, 
I don't want to call it challenging time, but maybe it was kind of a challenge. This, this time where you, you know, learned and tried different things. And I wanted to see if you could talk a little bit about how, I guess, you grew from those experiences and what you learned. And can I can I throw a question on there? Because I was actually going to ask the yeah. same question, which is, what did that exploration look like? Because I imagine there's probably a lot of people out there saying, like, I need to do that. I have no idea how to do that. Like, I want to learn these things about myself. So how did you go about doing that? Ooh, that's a hard one. I don't think I did it. Hell- well, I mean, I did it. I didn't hurt anyone else. Let's put it that way. I may have hurt myself a couple of times, but I didn't hurt anyone else. That's important. Try not to hurt yourself. Step one, guys, don't don't put yourself in situations that you cannot handle because did that. Not great. Um, I honestly, I said I tried dating apps. I did. I did the whole dating app thing. That That's, I think, my first step after doing all my reading, of course. I like to research. So that was the easy part. Um, did all my reading and I did dating apps where it's kind of like I put it generally put on there like, oh, yeah, I'm polyamorous or like I'm not monogamous or whatever. And then the unicorn hunter swept in. So I was just like inundated with messages like, hey, do you want to date me and my husband? Like, hey, I think you're perfect for me and my husband. I'm like, you haven't met me. You don't know anything about me. What are you talking about? How can I be a fit for someone that you, one, I've never spoken to and you've never spoken to me? How does this work? Um, So that helped me shore up some boundaries for sure in terms of like, because I felt as if I had to entertain all of these conversations to figure things out. And, you know, I realized after the fact, it was like, no, you were just giving yourself more work or like, I never gave anyone false hope like ever, but it was just kind of like trying to navigate the scene as a newly minted online polyamorous person was, was a bit rough. So I recommend not doing that part. I mean, yes, go to dating apps, but also just like, don't, don't try to engage with every single person who appears to be similar or like in, like they're in a non-monogamous thing. So you feel like you might have a connection. It's just the same with regular people. They're, they're just regular people. They just like to fuck the way you do. That's it. Sorry. Yes, I'm trying not to curse as much, but it's not right. working. You, you're told, you're <laughs> totally curse. <laughs> it's not working. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so I did stuff like that. Um, I talked to people who I knew were polyamorous, which I think was probably the hardest bit. So I always recommend kind of talking to someone you know who's into that monogamy before you make any real big leaps. Because even if it doesn't apply specifically to your experience. You can kind of get an idea of how the rest of it works. So, I mean, I'd never been officially not monogamous in the U S before. So dating in the U S is very different from dating in Jamaica In Jamaica. We don't date like you meet someone through someone and then you go to the movies a couple of times and you text. And then eventually like, you're just together. You just happen to fall into a relationship. So <laughs> it's, it's it, dating in the U S is like a very intentional process and it takes a lot to really, put yourself out there, I guess. So I think you have to just be okay putting yourself out there and hoping for the best, which I guess you guys are probably better at it than I am. I don't know. I'm not that great nope, at it. I, I can't say. I think you're giving us way more credit than, uh, <laughs> we're still, we're still learning right along with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that relationships are a continuous learning process. So not just in, monogamy but not monogamy friendships whatever every relationship is a continuous learning process because no one stays the same we all grow and change and i know that me six years ago is not the me that i am right now and that's a combination of life experience that's a you know figuring out and even more 
what I want for my future. Like I said, what I want is a family. Maybe I don't want to birth the children, but maybe I want children to be around. And so it's about finding people who align with what you want. So now I let it be known straight up. Like there's some dating apps that tell you someone says they want kids or don't want kids or if they have kids already. I let it known straight up. I'm not entertaining anyone who doesn't want children. That's not in my future. That's not what I want. So it's great for now. But when it comes to the time where me wanting babies, y'all got to figure out how you're going to deal with that. (laughs) Sorry. Right. Right. No, No, I mean, like you said, it's putting yourself out there. And that that is hard. It's... I mean, it's challenging, but it's so important too. And finding, you know, maybe what you want right now is not what you want in the future. Like maybe it changes. And that's part of all of us growing and shifting and like moving through life. And I think it's important to acknowledge that. Like you said, yourself six years ago was not yourself now. And I think that's true for pretty much everyone out there. If we're all, you know, everyone's trying to grow and become a better person whatever that means, you know, <laughs> whatever you, that right? means. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but what I will say though, is that when people show you who they are, believe them. when people tell you about themselves, believe them. Yeah. Don't believe you can change anybody because they're only going to change if they want to, if they change for you, it's going to be fake. They're going to resent you. It's, it's a whole thing. There's, there's yeah. a lot. And it comes up a lot. I think in polyamory and like non-monogamy, especially where it's like this expectation that you can kind of, when people are starting out. So like you think that, I can fit all my partners into this mold. It's going to be this thing. It's going to be great. No, because people are people and not Lego blocks to be moved around on the chessboard. Like they're, they're, everyone is an individual and you have to kind of account for so many different personalities in every relationship. And it's not just you and them. Like what if they're dating other people? So it's like your metas and how that influences your relationship and making sure you have solid boundaries for how you want to do things. And, be able to have conversations if those boundaries are stepped over or, you know, just, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling now, but you get what I mean. No, I really appreciate you bringing up that point because it's really important. Like you can't, you can't change people. You have to accept who they are. And I accept that that, that might change and it might not change. I was curious to, to pry deeper if you're, if you're okay with it. The, you just made the comment that like, don't don't do harm to yourself or to other people, but that you did end up in some situations that maybe you learned a lot from or that were really difficult. And if, oh, if yeah. you're willing to, to, to talk about those, maybe to maybe help others learn from that uh, to some level. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if this is going to help anyone, but um, I my I lost two people very close to me in very quick succession. And so my solution for that was, of course, to go through a whole phase, one, and then two, to try to dive into a relationship almost immediately, because that made sense. That's absolutely how that works. We want to trauma bond with people. That's, that's the thing. That's what's happening right now in the world. Um, so I started dating someone. Uh, we knew we were not monogamous. It was easy, easy, simple. There was a lot of intimacy shared right away. There was a lot of secrets shared between us. Um, but they were not really open to non-monogamy. They were just doing it because it seemed cool. I guess if that makes sense, like they were interested in me, but it just seemed cool. And then I ignored a lot of red flags in that relationship. And so things kind of came to a head. Like what was the last straw for me was um, we were supposed to meet up and I was like, okay, well send me the address. No address came. So I'm like trying to get there based on like memory. 
and the neighborhood is not the best neighborhood, right? So like, I know I'm on the right street, but I can't remember like what exactly the place is. They're not picking up their phone. They're not responding to texts, whatever, whatever. So I'm literally as a single woman in a car alone, like idling on the street at like 10 o'clock at night. And I cannot hear from this person at all. I'm like, this is bullshit. So I go home and they screamed at me. Like they called me after I got home. They're like, how dare you? Like, blah, blah, blah. We're supposed to meet up. How dare you leave? I'm like, you have me out here in the most unsafe situation in the world. And you're mad at me for leaving that when you did not communicate with me. Okay. Okay. So I literally put myself at risk as a woman alone at night, somewhere I'm not familiar with. And you were mad that I didn't do what you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a good straw to break the camel's back, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw them recently. They tried to pretend everything was fine. They're like, why did you stop talking to me? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Hello? Do you I not remember? <laughs> Let me refresh your memory. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he was like, oh, well, it wasn't that big of a deal. To you, because you were six, four, big-ass man. Like, this is very different for you than it is for me. Um, but yeah, and then on top of that, like they were being very jealous and it was just little things that like you think, oh, well, maybe it'll change, maybe they'll get over it. But that, that just solidified to me that, yeah, they're the most selfish person in the world. One, two, and if I had not ignored all the other red flags about the relationship, I probably could have seen this coming. So yeah, don't put yourself at risk for nobody like that, guys. Don't do it. Not worth it. Right. No, that's some great advice. <laughs> and thank you for sharing some of those, uh, challenging things that you went through. I think it's hopefully helpful for people to hear. And I wanted to, since you touched on the subject of safety, I think it's a good segue into asking if you could talk a little bit about how you handle sexual safety as well as your physical safety. I mean, one, don't get stuck in the middle of the night on the road by yourself. Um, but how else, what are the other things do you do? Or at least make sure you have gas in the car. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, for sure. I have gas, I had money, and I had a knife just in case I had to kill somebody. Don't worry, I'm always prepared. <laughs> but we don't kill people because hurting people is bad. Just just for the FBI agent listening to this before you guys posted. That's what, that's what that means. <laughs> um, but no, um, when it comes to physical safety, I'm very, very big on condoms like condoms 100 percent like all the way um if you and i are having sex you will be wearing a condom uh that is just i can't afford a baby one i can't afford to go to the doctor for any kind i don't got no insurance right now i can't afford to be going to the doctor for nothing that's just it's just about safety and especially if i know or like i'm with someone else also and you're with someone else like i just think condoms are necessary if you are fluid bonding with someone that's great. We're still using condoms. That's just that's just how that works. If you want a fluid bond with me, we have to talk about that. Of course, getting tested regularly, very, very important. I don't I get I get tested maybe two or three times a year. Well, not now, this year, because you know, COVID and I haven't had sex in like 13 months. So that's the thing. <laughs> but you know, like I still believe in like getting tested regularly. That that's a thing that I believe in. I believe in education about sexual health and that, you know. It's okay. I don't. I also don't mind sleeping with people who are positive. If that makes sense. Like I, some people are very tricky about that. I have no issues with that. It's. It doesn't make me think any less of anyone or any better of anyone. It just. It is what it is. It is just. It's something that you have. I can't change that. And it's I think part of the that, conversation. Part of the conversation. Like we have to talk about these things. It's like I would let you know if I was positive or if like I had any issues physically that might 
hinder our sexual activities or maybe it'll enhance them. I don't know. And then if we're talking about, of course, sexual boundaries, I enforce those very early on. I tell you what my no-goes are from the first time we have sex. Uh, don't be, don't be putting no nipple clamps on me. Not my thing. They hurt. I don't like it. Um, I think that's very important. That's a part of health and safety also. There's like being able to safely have those conversations with your partners and not being afraid of maybe looking stupid or maybe looking vanilla or, you know, not as interesting or as cool. We have to talk about these things. And I also, I mean, like I say, I only fuck my friends. I do not do sex with strangers, but that's a personal choice based on situations that I was put in as a child where, not like as a child, but when I was younger and I thought that I knew everything and I could do anything, I had put myself in situations where I could have been raped. And I was like, you cannot do that. Like when the situation was over, I was kind of like, this is the scariest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. And so I have made sure that I am never, ever, ever in a position like that again, except for that dude making me look like a fool. <laughs> you know, I, I try to make sure that I, I am safe physically in any situation that I am in. I was looking at exits. I mean, it seems paranoid, but I mean, women are at risk everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. And I really, really also try to believe that my partners should enforce safety. So even if I don't need to tell me where you're going or what you're doing, but if you're leaving the house, tell me you're leaving the house. And when you get home, tell me you get home just because anything can happen to anyone out here in these times. I spoke to someone a couple weeks ago who was telling us like, oh yeah, one of their partners died and like no one let them know for months. What? Months. They had no idea what was going on. And I was like, that's not going to happen here. <laughs> that, wow. that is also a part of my mental health and safety. I need, I need to know that you are okay. Yeah. yeah. I need to have these conversations and I, I, and I will share with you, whether you want to hear it or not, I will tell you, Hey, I'm going out for the weekend with some friends. We're doing this, we're doing that. I'll check in with you. Right. And do you, I think it's also important that everyone knows. Does that, does that translate as well to I'm going on a date with somebody tonight and we're going to go here, here, here. And I expect to be home at this time. Are those things that you negotiate? Because there's some people who say like, I don't want to know, yeah. go do what you want to do. Just don't tell me about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a Scorpio just so you guys know. So that means I'm inherently nosy. I want to know everything. I want to know everything about you. Did you pee today? Tell me how many times <laughs> I want to know everything. Uh, but yeah, so I might not tell you exactly where we're going, but I'll tell you like maybe like the general area. If you ask, I'll tell you like a general area because I'm also inherently shady, also a Scorpio trade. So I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm going out with someone. You'd be like, who? A person, you know, but if, if we're in a relationship, I'll tell you something, probably a bit more than that. But yeah, I will let you know generally like where we're going, like what time I expect to be home. And if that changes, I mean, I can also just duck into the bathroom and shoot big text like, yeah, things are changing. I'm actually going to their place instead. Da, da, da. I don't have to give you the address, especially since I'm my partner for long distance. It means nothing to them. But uh, just stuff like that. I, I think that is important just to like at least have a general idea. I like to know. If you don't like to know what I'm doing, that's fine. I'll tell you I'm going out and I'll tell you when I got home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And finding those and understanding those um, balances and what, what people are preferences. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I prefer to know everything. Tell me everything. I, you know, you got their social security number. I'll do a background check. I want to know everything. <laughs> so. Well, and maybe that's an interesting dynamic as well. Has that ever landed you in a situation where it spurred jealousy, where you're like, tell me, tell me, tell me. And then they told you and you're like, maybe I didn't want to know. No, because I only get jealous of my friendships. 
uh, th- that's a weird thing about me too. So like, and when I was younger, I would get jealous of romantic relationships. Um, but now it doesn't really manifest the same way. I save all of my jealousy for my friends having friends who are not me. Like, how dare you? Um, <laughs> like romantically, like I, I generally am okay with anything that you tell me. I think I have been hurt before by things because they were kept from me and I found out after the fact. So I didn't feel jealousy as much as I just felt literal pain that they felt they couldn't share that with me or that they deliberately kept it from me for whatever reason they had. It was selfish. So, but maybe you have a good reason for keeping it from me. You know what I mean? Maybe it is. And so, but I, yeah, I can't say that I've ever experienced jealousy for like knowing something like that in a relationship. Right. If that makes sense. No, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, maybe the, the follow up to that is if, it's an interesting one because you said you get jealous in friendships, but you only fuck your friends. So those two seem to clash. Yeah. It seems to clash. Listen, I'm not mad about who you're fucking. I'm mad that you're friends with people who are not me. Okay. So you're not mad about the things they're doing. You're just mad at the general fact that they're friends. Yeah. It's like, what do you, what do you mean you're going out with so-and-so? Like I'm your best friend. You can't go out with that person. What is wrong with you? No. That's what I say to my friends. If it's my partners, I'm like, oh my God, you're going out. Tell me who it is. Tell me what you're wearing. I need to know, like, are you doing your hair a different way? Like, are you, if you're a guy, you're going to shave. Like, tell, tell me what, what kind of vibe we're looking for tonight. I'll help you pick your outfit. If you don't know what restaurant you want to go to, I'll help you pick the restaurant. Like, I just, I am compersion all day in romantic stuff, but it's, don't you dare be friends with somebody else. It's almost <laughs> like you have the switch in your head. Like, that's for yeah. some reason something like that triggers for friendships. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's just, I mean, I can talk about that a bit also. Um, that is just because I am very insecure in friendships and that is part of childhood trauma. Don't we love childhood trauma? It's our favorite thing. Um, so I feel like I have to prove my worth to my friends a lot. And this doesn't translate as much into romantic relationships. I'm like, take me or leave me. Cause I, I think I also for a long time viewed romance as temporary that's just based on, you know, relationships I had seen and they've been exposed to in my life. But for my friendships, I, my friends are my family. And so I try to serve them, if that makes sense. Maybe sometimes the detriment of myself, sometimes not, just like trying to prove that I belong in the circle. So that is what that is about. Yeah, and that as makes sense. As depressing as that sounds. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes complete sense. I mean, a lot of things in our lives that have we have that switch in our brain to turn things and turn off and on, like it's it's because of our past. And whether that's a good or bad thing, it's it's we're all we're all who we are because of our experience, you know, experiences in life, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess it remains to be seen how good or bad it is. We'll <laughs> check me back in two years. Yeah. I mean, the fact is that you know about that, about yourself, though, right? And so you can you can tell people, yep. and that's really important. Yeah, I was, oh, yeah. I was curious on the, because you oftentimes hear people say, well, we're friends, so we don't want to take it to that next level. And for you, it's a, I only take it to the next level with people who I'm friends with. So it's sort of those two differing models have has the only fucking your friends model ever ruined friendships like has that been the thing that's or are you able to like Mm. we tried the we tried the fucking it didn't work so we're just going back to friends like you have the ability to on and off with that um i have it hasn't ruined a friendship because of fucking the friendship was ruined because we tried to have a romantic relationship okay 
So it, it, when it was just fucking, it was great. Like we were on the same page, but we were like, well, maybe we should try because the sex is so good. And that did not work. Right. Um, so that was a bit of the, the sticker there because when you're just having sex with someone, yes, it's intimate and it is intimacy, but it is very, very different. Very, very different from when you're trying to think about building an actual romance with someone and what that could look like. So I will say that, yeah, the romance part has ruined friendships, but I'm still pretty much like, okay, I'm not friends anymore with everyone that I fucked. Cause you know, like I said, some t- I, I started only fucking my friends because I fucked strangers. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that was the thing. I mean, he wasn't like a real stranger. I thought he was a stranger, but then he turned out to be friends with like, the guy I dated next from high school. It's a weird thing. So I have never met a stranger who stays a stranger. Let's put it that way. And Jamaica is small enough that you will meet someone who knows them, but they will pop back up into your life whenever they're ready. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> Let's just be like that. Yeah. And no, it was not a judgment at all. I was just curious because there's a, a lot of people will, you know, it's the whole friend zone thing, right? Like, oh, well, we're friends, so we can't. And and I think it sounds like for you, you're like, well, we're friends, so we can. And that's uh I, I we we already have a relationship. We already have a connection. We would not be friends if there was not a connection. Right. And I am only friends with people that I am well not I'm not only friends with people I'm attracted to, but I'm usually friends with people that I am attracted to because I want them in my life. <laughs> I like being surrounded by pretty things. That's <laughs> Well, I mean, it makes, if you point. have like common interests and like you're just you get along really well, then yeah, like that that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like if there's, I mean, my romantic relationships they have not always been the most attractive people on the outside, but like on the inside, like I like I'm very attracted to them. They're, I'm very passionate about people, and you know I love making connections with people. As introverted as I am, I know I don't seem that way, but I'm very much like I'm a, I'm performing extrovert, if that makes sense. So like I'm very like in my little shell inside, but on the outside, I, I have a persona that makes me seem very big and brash and bold and flirtatious and vivacious. And so like when people date me, they're like, oh, wow, you were not like this at all. And I'm like, I know. Can we stay home tonight? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how has online dating gone then? Like you said, you're pretty new to online dating. You started dating three people. That's amazing. But like, how has that transition gone for you? Ooh, tricky, tricky. Like the people who can talk to more than one partner in a day, like having a long video chat. I don't know how you do it because I talked to one of them and I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I can text you guys later. <laughs> That's it for the night. Goodbye. <laughs> um, so it, it's been very interesting trying to balance like timing. Because uh, I mean, there's three people, three different time zones, <laughs> three different like, you know, locations and different family situations and living situations. So it's like, how do I balance this? And I, I think I'm doing okay-ish. Like, not great at it, but I think I think it's going all right. Um, I did have a little tiff with one of my partners the other day. That was awkward. That was a boundaries tiff. Like we had we had a, we had a boundary clash. So that was interesting. Um, but I think we're working it out. I don't know. Like we're, we're figuring it out. And there's another one who's visiting another partner of theirs in a whole different state. So that's like another thing that we're dealing with. Like, okay, should we still talk as much while you're visiting someone else? Like, how do we manage that? And, you know, like how, how do I decide how much of your time to corral per day if we're doing it like that? And like, how do you decide? I don't know. It's, 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 it's a work in progress. Let's put it that way. 
I recommend online dating to make connections with people and start building foundations. And then immediately you need to take them out and sit on their faces. (laughs) (laughs) Just to make sure it's a good fit, right? Just to make sure it's a good fit. Like the seat has to match. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Excellent advice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, we love to, (laughs) that's a funny, I don't know. I got I got to kick out of it. You're, okay. you're still laughing at <laughs> well, it. Well, it's a good segue into maybe. Yeah, it is a good segue. If you're willing to share a blooper or two or three as you've navigated the wild world of non-monogamy in all of its forms, they can be sexual or not sexual. Ooh, I have a great sexual one. Super great. Awesome. Um, I'm excited. <laughs> dated someone. You know, like we were. You know, we're open, right? We're we're doing the thing. We're both allowed to fuck other people, you know, he's straight. So he's fucking other chicks, like usually with me. So it's like, fine. And so one night we were out, we're drinking, we're with some girls. I've had sex with all of these girls pretty much. So it's like, great, let's bring the girls back to the house. <laughs> so we bring the three girls back to the house. Um, no, we didn't really live together, but we shared space a lot. He lived with his mom. I live with my mom. So it's kind of like a thing. So we're back at his house because I have younger siblings. So we definitely can't go to mine. Uh, so we're in the house. We decide we're not going to go up to the bedroom because the bedroom's too close to his mom's room. We're going to just like, we're going to do this orgy thing in the living room. It's going to happen. So it's you. This is what's going to happen. It's today. you, your your boyfriend, friend, and three, three other and women. three women in his mom's house. Yeah, well, his the mom was there, sleeping <laughs> for for now. For now, okay. But yeah. <laughs> so it's like cool. So we're doing the thing. Stuff is happening. You know, like he's fucking me. Like. I'm fingering somebody, somebody, there's just, there's a lot of moving parts happening here. And then we hear a noise and turn around. There's his mother just like standing there. And it's like, well, literally, I don't think I ever moved so fast in my life. I dove off his dick and I was like hiding behind a couch. And like, so his mom is just standing there and um, he's just standing there buck naked, holding his dick in his hand. And his mom is like, I heard a noise that he says, go back to sleep. But she said, okay. <laughs> Went upstairs and that was the end of that we've never brought this up to her i have never i mean she we're still facebook friends she and i even though we're not together we still miss each other happy birthday merry christmas and stuff but um we've never talked about that and i don't think we ever will i think she thinks it was a bad dream and i'm okay letting her think that <laughs> i was gonna say maybe maybe she thinks she hallucinated the whole thing that would be best case scenario i mean that that is that is the peak scenario for this she just she it's hallucinated and never really happened go to sleep mom you're you're dreaming <laughs> that's amazing so i'm sorry <laughs> this I, is what happened well and i bet the other women too were just like because other people in the room like oh my gosh like what yeah everyone's probably just i guess maybe they're not quite as embarrassed as here you but I don't, I'd still be embarrassed. I don't, it's, it's, so yeah. crazy. it's, it, it's an embarrassing situation, but I think we'd all been liquored up enough that we still kind of found it funny. Like when she went back upstairs, I think I just kind of burst out laughing. Yeah. Like I was lying on the floor naked laughing. Like what am I supposed to do right. at this right. point? Right. I mean, that's, that's the best thing you can do at that point. What else are you going to do? Be mad about it? Like it happened. I'm, we were fucking in her living room. Like, what did we really expect? So did you finish just, you know, being nosy? I mean, I finished. <laughs> so yes i think that's the answer (laughs) that's the most important part i came i'm good 
Uh, I have another one that's not as funny. It's just more awkward because I was, uh, when I worked at a hotel. So, I mean, you know, move me. Work at the concierge desk of a fancy resort. And we had to bring things to their room when they call for it. You know, like, oh, I need more soda. I need more chocolate whatever so they call they're like oh we need more sodas for our mini fridge i'm like cool no problem talk to my desk partner i'll be back i need the exercise so i run up there door opens it's a couple's resort by the way which is relevant to the story the door opens and dude is standing there like in a towel and he's like oh you brought the sodas and i was like yeah i did and then his wife was just walking naked in the background just naked just that's fine you know i know it's just with nudity do your thing so he's like, oh, do you want to come in for a tip? Now, the resort I worked at, you're not allowed to take tips. If you take tips, you'll be fired. But also, like, do I really want to come into the room with these weird people and have sex with them? No, I do not. I'm on the clock. I can't do that. So I can't say that. I'm just kind of like, oh, you know, unfortunately, I, we're not allowed to take tips. But thank you so much for considering me. You can just write me a nice review for my great service. And he's like, no, 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 don't worry. I won't tell anybody. I won't get you in trouble. I just, I just really want to show my appreciation for you. I want to show my appreciation. I mean, like, you know how he says it. And I remember the wife is still just walking naked in the background, up and down, up and down the room. And I'm like, this is a display. Obviously, he's trying to attract me. Yeah. Do not look at the wife. Do not look at the wife. I'm like looking at, just like looking in his face. I'm like, you know, unfortunately, I really, really just can't. I'm so sorry. And so like, he reached the point where he's like trying to touch me now. So I just kind of like thrust the basket sort of at him. I'm like, the desk is empty. I have to go. Goodbye. And I just kind of like run away. <laughs> yeah. Talk about awkward. So that's how I escaped a threesome at my job. <laughs> I have never had to do that. Nope, me either. <laughs> you guys are not working in the right fields, clearly. I guess not. not. Yeah, not a whole lot of opportunities in engineering uh, for that to happen. So we'll have to work on that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but hospitality is where it's at. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean hilarious yeah no thank you so much for sharing those stories and for sharing your your story and coming on the show and talking and we wanted to give you a few minutes to plug your podcast and anything else you'd like to anything else we need to talk about or yeah talk about oh i mean do you guys want to talk about harry potter i'm great at that i can talk about (laughs) harry potter fan fiction so not about jk rowling because she's a turf and i hate her but about the fan fiction yeah so so if if there were ever a thing that we're going to ruin our chances between you and I, Jen, is that I have never read a word or watched a single second of any Harry Potter anything other than the, the words written on your shirt right now. Uh, but are you are you open to it? That's that's the real question. It's not that I, it's quick, uh, I'm just, <laughs> no, listen, I was just like, nope, he's not. Don't let him lie to you. He's not open to this at all. <laughs> it's not that head. I'm not open to it. I'm. I typically don't jump on bandwagons. Maybe is the best way to say it. So when everybody's like, you have to do this thing, I typically do the other. He doesn't thing. want to do it. So if there's like a popular show and everyone's watching it, and I'm like, we ah. should watch this. He's like, no, because everyone's doing it. I'm like. I know, but come on, just sometimes. <laughs> Is that how you felt about Game of Thrones? Never. So we've never watched any Game of Thrones. Oh, I hated the show. Don't worry. I, I read the books and I hated the show. So it's a whole, I didn't even finish the show. It was horrible. Yeah. Uh, but that's different. That's, that's different for different reasons. Different. Yeah. <laughs> it, the reason why I mentioned Harry Potter, I found Harry Potter when I was 10 years old. Oh, yeah. I had gotten hit by a car 
And um, I was in the hospital and someone let my mom the first book on audiobook. So that's how I found Harry Potter. Oh. So it's nostalgia. No, for sure. It's sweet. Yeah. I'm not and, saying you're um, a bad also... person because you like Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm just saying we, I have never indulged myself. And I, I have like similar childhood memories of, of like finding Harry Potter and, and yeah. like I, I haven't read all of the books. I didn't like jump into it, but I have a lot of really good memories from, from the books and from the movies. So, um, but not nearly, I don't know as much as you do. I can just admit yeah. that. No, it, it, it's, it's weird falling into it as an adult. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, I think that for, like I said, I'm 31. So I think that for me, the books and the movies are entwined together in a different way than people who are just finding it now. It's like, Oh, it's books or movies and you can understand both. But for us, because we were growing up at the same time that everything was coming out, it's weird. Yeah. So, but the reason I brought up Harry Potter is because the fan fiction is dope. So if you like to read and you're open to reading trashy fan fiction, Harry Potter fan fiction is really where it's at. Just saying they have some great non-monogamous storylines there. They also have some creepy shit, but that's a whole different story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic advice. If everyone's look, anyone's looking for something to read. (laughs) I I think, yeah, I think like 80% of our listeners probably will not listen anymore because of my secret about Harry Potter. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, I think, I think they'll give you a pass. Okay. They might not give you a pass to the game of Thrones thing though. Just throwing that out there. People, people are really cultish about that one. I will say the game of Thrones is not because everyone was doing it. It was because we didn't have HBO and we just didn't, ever have the time to like sit down and do it so we just never got i don't know we just never got into that one and we we've been we've told that so many people have been telling us to watch it that we were like well someday we just need like if we have a ton of time on our hands we're just going to binge the whole thing but that hasn't happened do not do that (laughs) don't i will i will stop you right there binging game of thrones is a horrible idea do not do that i'm sure some people will disagree with you some people will agree with you (laughs) yeah no I i just think the show itself is very overwhelming because the subject matter is very, very intense. Yeah. I think binging it gives you an emotional hang. It's like you're trying to binge Westworld. Have you ever seen Westworld? Not yet. It's on the, it's <laughs> on the West, agenda. What, no, but Westworld's actually a really great show. Yeah, but yeah, we've also a show that too. you shouldn't binge because it's the subject matter is very intense. I feel as if you're going to overwhelm yourself emotionally and physically. Like, you remember, your your body still has reactions to things, even if like yeah. you don't think it it's does. It's not like binging like, a comedy, right? It's not the same. Yeah, it's not it's not binge on comedy. It is it is high drama. You yeah. do not want to stress yourself and raise your blood pressure like that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> bes- besides wonderful advice on how to effectively navigate the right shows to binge. <laughs> any anything we didn't anything we didn't touch on that you were hoping to talk about today with us and then yeah, like hmm. I'd plug Let's plug anything you would like to um, well, I'll plug myself first. Hi, I'm Jen. I'm from the Monogamish Podcast. We're a podcast about polyamory. Yay! I know the name is kind of misleading to people. They're kind of like, oh, monogamish just flows really well. I'm like, credit to Dan Savage. I didn't make it up. So that's fine. Um, but yeah, we talk about non-monogamy, you know, ethical and consensual, of course, because that's what we agree on, and polyamory through like a Black Caribbean experience. And it's things like books, TV shows, like celebrity relationships because some of them are not monogamous y'all you know it you know it um but also we talk about like you know therapy stuff like research stuff like our own personal experiences like we try to touch on all the important things that we can and we do interviews also with people 
Um, right now, we have interviews with Polyamorous Black Girl. Super dope. You guys should have her on the show, by the way, if you haven't already. Working um, on it. We're working we have, on it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's fabulous. Love her. Um, we, well, we're going to have Ruby Bowie Johnson on soon. Can't tell you when, but it's happening. <laughs> um, we, we interviewed some really, really great people. I saw you did Kevin, Poly Role Models. We've had him on, too. He's so nice. Yes. So nice. Yeah, for sure. People are great. And I think it's, I think it's good to give people an idea of what polyamory is like through our lens. Cause I mean, there are a lot of non-monogamous shows out there. Like I said, there's you guys, there's multi-amory, there's poly weekly. There's so many shows, but there's none really talking about it from the black side. And then like a black Caribbean side, we're like, Ooh, niche market, pen it, got it. It's us. Um, so you can find us on pretty much everywhere. You get your podcasts, monogamish pod. We're there. You can follow us on Twitter at monogamish pod on Instagram at monogamish pod. Of course, we also have a Patreon cause you know, Support the youths. Support the youths. We're humble. And also you can find us there at, guess what? Monogamish Pod. We try to be streamlining everything. Um, we do not officially have like a website website yet, but like it's on the list. It's like a WordPress thing right now. There's like monogamishpod.wordpress.com. We put the show notes there. I write them and I'm very funny. So you will like them. Perfect. <laughs> well, we will make sure to put links to everything of yours that you've created in our show notes on our actual website, not to one up you. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh no! I, I I caught that. I've received it. I've held it in my heart. Now you know how I feel. You see my face? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so thank you again, Jen, for coming on, for sharing everything, for all the work you do, and we're excited. And a quick pact: we will enter into if we get Will and Jada Smith on before you do. We will make sure to refer them to you if you do the same for us. Oh, absolutely. Listen, it is my dream. Them and Jadena. Like, I want Jadena on here, not just because I also think that his he has the perfect seat. I think his seat's amazing. <laughs> um, but also because, um, you know, he has talked a lot recently about being open to polyamory and having done non-monogamy before. So, again, the pact also extends to Jadena. If you have him on before me, I might cry. That's fine. I cry a lot. I cry about everything. It's okay. But um, you definitely need to give him my number when that happens. It will oh, be the will. first number we give him. And yeah, we we know they're probably listening. So we invite them to reach out to either of us and we will make some magic happen. And we will find a seat for you. <laughs> oh, yes. That'd be amazing. I love seats. Thank you for that. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, have a wonderful evening and we will, of course, be in touch. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Bye. And we're back. Thank you so much to Jen for reaching out to us, coming on the show. And sharing all of her Harry Potter knowledge with us. (laughs) And sharing all of her wonderful knowledge, not just Harry Potter, but also her beautiful story yeah and one quick update she now does have a website so if you go to our show notes uh, at normalizingmonogamy.com click on the podcast tab you'll see her episode right there Uh, once you click into it you'll be able to find all of the links to everything that jen does and who jen is so you can go and explore yes Uh, The other quick things we just wanted to mention here in the outro, of course, thank you so much to Alt Playground for sponsoring our show. If you want to go check them out, please do. We highly encourage it. Go to altplayground.net. As we said in the intro, so many new people are joining and we'd love to have you join as well. 
If you're thinking of starting to meet other people in real life again, or virtually, you can or virtually, still do that. yeah, get go get yourself tested for STIs. Our favorite way to do this is stdcheck.com. It's an online. You sign up online. You pay online. You do everything online. You go to a national lab like LabCorp or Quest. It takes literally minutes, and it's one of the most affordable ways that we found to do this. So. If you want to support the show, use the links on our website under the resources page and you'll save $10 and we get a little bit of kickback for it. So thank you for that. You can also find discounts to one condoms on our resources page. And They're- my one condoms, which are custom fit. Exactly. And I was always say the best time to practice using a condom is during quarantine with yourself. Of course. You'll get used to it and then you'll be ready to rock and roll when they when they let us out. And then my one condoms are different sizes, so why not order your different like yeah, try test a, them try all. a different few different sizes, see what fits the best. Test all 60, see which one fits the best. Yeah, that's that might, my that's that might my, be a little extreme. That's my recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. one final thing uh, please reach out to us, say hello on our website under the contact us page. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you're looking for. Maybe you want to come on the show. We would love to have you. So yeah, say hi. And next week, our normal, regularly scheduled episode on Wednesday with Amanda and Thomas. Which is a super fun discussion about a lot of things. So please... Not going to give them any teasers. No, 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 no. (laughs) We told them their names. What else do they need to know? That's true. Okay. We will see everybody in one week. Have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday, and we'll see you. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.